Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, everyone. Then thanks for joining me for this episode of the Behind the Surface podcast. Uh, in this session, we're going to discuss the concept of there's no such thing as a free, well, anything, right, Steve, but sync and how it applies to your sales strategy. And I'm joined today by Steve Mast, who is something for precision countertops in Wilsonville, Oregon. Um, we've been friends for a few seconds for sure i think you've i think you've been with uh, precision now for two weeks or 20 years yeah and, yeah um, yep yeah. depends on the day yes we tried it i think we should start calculating the years of experience to dog years yes exactly that sounds especially better counter, yeah especially in the countertop industry one year counts for a lot more than one year for sure <laughs> dog years. that's so funny um so steve just tell me this. There's no such thing as a free sink. How do you feel when I say free sink? Now, over the years, promos, free sink promos, all that stuff. Um, you know, I personally, like I was saying earlier, I think that free is a bad word in our industry. I think that the average homeowner probably only does this once or twice in their life. And you know, when you go to buy a car, for example, and I bought, I recently bought a truck, it didn't come with free weather tech mats. It didn't come with free spray bed liner. It didn't come with a free tonneau cover. Um, and so I think that things like sinks, uh, which is a common one I see in our industry for people to give away, edges is another one. Um, I think that the fabricators are just giving away uh, profit that is hard enough to get in a very difficult industry. Um, it's, it's a challenging, countertops is not an easy business. It's typically not a high margin business. Um, and so every little bit of margin you have, you need. And if that homeowner is gonna see you once, maybe twice in their life, um, they're expecting to buy that sink. Uh, so I don't know why you would want to give it away for free and lose that margin. Well. You know what, um, you bring up a really good point with cars because like a weather tech, uh, you needed that, right? You had to have it. It was part of that truck. You needed those weather tech because you knew you were gonna, you know, need them. So you were willing to pay for them. And I kind of suspect the same might be true of sinks, but that doesn't stop you from creating a sales program or process that includes the sink in a bundle kind of like when you go to the car lot and you pick out your your truck it already has you know the features on it if it's if it's off the if it's off the lot right you're not unless you special order that truck which by the way <laughs> costs you an arm and a leg dave bush thank you very much um <laughs> you know if you just go and you show up and you go with what uh you know what package you is there and you buy that typically you're pretty satisfied right so yeah it's exactly creating, it's creating that bundle that package yeah i agree i mean i think 
you can approach it to your point two ways. One is, I know Jeffrey Grand does the hot sauce, which is a you know an item by item. You add it as you go. All the services he's got tons of services in that program that I think really help fabricators make more money. And then I think Ted uh, with Flowform they have packages or bundles, I believe. And so either one of those. I think are great as long as you're collecting the revenue for the products you're providing. And that can be especially a sink. It could be an edge. You know, it's typical you hear a fabricator is giving away the edge. And I just think you're dealing with someone who's emotionally charged, excited to purchase countertops. They want to get what they want because they're not going to do this again. Um, and I think as long as you have a fair price for a sink or a chip minimizer or an edge or whatever it is, I think the homeowners are just going to purchase those items um, and you're just leaving money on the table. And it's pretty significant if you if you think about, you know, an average transaction of a retail sale being, let's say, $5,000 for a quartz kitchen countertop. Um, and let's say the average price of that sink retail, whether you're going to a big box or online, is probably $250. So, you think, oh, well, that's only 250 bucks. Maybe that sink only cost me $90 from the wholesaler. Uh, I can afford to give it away. It's like, well, you didn't, you didn't just lose the 90. You lost the whole 250 because you never got the 250 that you were owed in the first place. And so the homeowner had to buy a sink somewhere. So I don't know why you wouldn't want that 250 on that 5,000, which is 5% of a 5% profit. Um, and if you're only going to make 10% best case on that job or $500 in the first place, then that's increasing your profit by 50% if you, if you sell that sink. And I think it's a fairly simple thing to do, so. And they have to have it. They gotta they have, have it to. anyways. It'd be like tires on the car. You're gonna, yeah. you, you have to have them. You have to have a kitchen sink. You know, and sometimes, you know, I talk to fabricators, people always say, well, what does somebody else do? What does somebody else, do? I can tell you at, at where we're at and we you know you've known us i don't know we've probably known each other 15 years and we do a fair amount of countertops and um we don't give sinks away and you went on mute steve i would encourage people maybe if you're used to it it's hard because you're used to or accustomed or some other guy was doing it so you felt like you needed to do it but um you know, we're, we're one of the more, I think, sizable companies around. And we do a lot of direct to consumer. And we don't, um, we don't give sinks away. And I, I would say it's not been a problem in our, in our sales. So I would encourage people to give it a try. And, you know, by not offering that free sink, it, again, it doesn't mean that you can't have stocking programs around standard offerings uh, to minimize, you know, the, like your DXF files and, and managing sure. those and managing a ton of SKUs and all that stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't inhibit that. That just changes the line item a bit if they want to use their own sink or there's a custom sink that they bring in or whatever that looks like. You can charge accordingly, I guess is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we don't stock. We probably stock five major shapes and sizes in, in those. And, um, and some people do more. Um, but we find most homeowners are satisfied with an equal double or a single bowl or left right offset um, covers a large percentage of that. And if they go outside of it, then we'll just download the DXF and, and deal with that at, at CAD. So it's fine. Equal double should be banned from the face of the earth. 
That's just my own opinion. I don't express that very often on the Behind the Surface podcast, but I'm going to throw it out there as a as a cupcake baker. That is the most horribly designed idea there ever was. Bad, bad, bad. So if you want cupcakes from Nancy, don't talk about a double bowl equal terrible. <laughs> just bad. Anyway. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm not a fan. The frying pan, the big pot doesn't fit really in either side that well. Um, what a mess. Yes. But you know what we find is funny with that because we we measure, you know, how much do we sell which one? And the most common thing that people do, as you could guess, is they just get whatever they've had in terms of the shape. If it was on the right, the big was on the right, then they wanted the big on the right. If it, the big was on the left, um, it seems like they tend to go with whatever they, they're used to and are comfortable with. So. Well, stop the madness. That's it. That's the end of those. No more double sinks. <laughs> there, there you go, fabricators. They just reduce the skews of your standard offering quickly. At least one off, right? Yes. So tell me about edges a little bit more because a few years back you shared with me, uh, you know, something that a change that you did um, in your business model based on some feedback from another fabricator, I think. Um, about the no chip edge, right? Something yeah. that we always did anyways to avoid problems. Yeah, we we had heard about it from, um, Jeffrey had told me about it. And then I think Eric mentioned to Jeffrey about it. And um, yeah, it's called the chip minimizer. Um, it, it basically puts a, a radius on the inside of your, your sink um, so that when you hit it with a pot or a pan, you don't chip it. And um, we offer that um, to the market. The, the market price I hear fabricators offering is somewhere around 250 for that. Um, and I think we get about 40% of customers to go ahead and upgrade that option. And um, there's actually tooling for the CNC. Um, we helped work with some of the tool manufacturers because we were, started doing so many um if you do if you do work with the scenes if you don't it doesn't matter but um to get closed tooling for to do that chip minimizer profile is now available from most major tool manufacturers and um that helps uh with the speed of being able to to make that radius on that sink cutout but we probably started that six or seven years ago uh when we first started we were nervous and i didn't want to promise that if you chipped that as a homeowner that I would replace, well, I, I would either fix it, which you can do sometimes, or I would replace your countertops. I was really scared about that. And then after a couple of years and thousands of them, um, I just went ahead and, and just guaranteed it. So basically we're, we state that if you get a chip minimizer, you're not gonna, uh, within reason, you're not going to chip your sink cutout. And, and I have granite and my house was done long before I, when I bought it, I already had it. It has three chips in it. And um, we were charging, I think, two or 250 just to repair a chip that somebody would do. So in a sense, you're getting a free insurance policy and it's not going to chip. Um, we haven't had in the seven years, thankfully, and I'm sure it'll happen tomorrow now that I do this podcast, but we haven't had one homeowner uh, call us about a chip sink uh, who had a chip minimizer and ask that we come out and fix it or and or replace. So um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great option for fabricators to add additional revenue um, to their uh, to their sale. 
and the homeowner, and it's good for the homeowner too. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't do it. We have some people that don't do it because they're looking for a really sharp, clean, modern look, and they want that tight radius. But man, you better be careful with your pots and pans. And they're on their own, then, right? Hundred percent. They, we, in fact, we won't. We don't even want to get in the repair business. There are, there are companies in our area, a couple of franchise companies that will deal with repairs, and we just refer them to them. But I, I don't know what they cost now, but. I remember back when we used to do it, it was like 250. I'm sure it's at least that. And and if you don't have the piece or you don't have the right fill, it isn't always going to stick and it isn't always going to look great. So yeah, I think it's kind of a kind of a no-brainer. So how many other uh sort of you know things that that go on that in the process of a of a countertop that maybe, you know, where there's opportunity for a fabricator to um, you know, call that out. You know, I think it's interesting commercially, uh, you know, there's a certain expectation of the level of fabrication that goes into it, right? And there's, but then there's mm -hmm. also the resulting margin that's associated with that type of work and that type of job, that scope. So when you're thinking about the residential side of the business uh, specifically, there's probably other areas that could be picked up that, um, you know, take right. it from that level of fabrication to that expert, more expert level or whatever that looks like. Um, so encourage um, those who are listening to be looking at that process and every step uh, that that is taken and added um, because that's that's your time and that's your money, right? Yeah, it's, you know, I think one of the most challenging things about this business is um, the fact that a lot of us do a lot of different what I call channels or different types of business, whether that be big box or some builder work or like you said, commercial mill work, casework, which is just really high end complex stuff with complex materials. And your favorite. Apartments, multi-unit. <laughs> yeah. Another uh, one of your favorites, I know. <laughs> or retail, right? Yeah. Retail is the best, right? Let's just be honest. So, um, but when you're, when you're shifting around to doing, and each one of those markets has different needs and different price points and values different things. An apartment owner who's building up 100 units does not need or care about a chip minimizer, right? He just doesn't care. But he wants a low price and he wants it in, he wants it quick and he wants it fast. A homeowner, you know, like I said, this is once or twice in their lifetime and they have a process they're going through. So you got to slow down your sales cycle. You got to think about those services. You got to go through the steps so that you can maximize that sale with that homeowner and provide ultimately get the margin you need to provide them a different level of service than the apartment. Honestly, I mean, you want to you want to be able to do less work in a day for them because they've paid you more to do that. And and yet you're still much more profitable. And so you've got to slow down your sales process. You've got to, you know, you know, like I said, with Jeffrey, he's got the hot sauce. I think that that system kind of forces you to slow down a little bit and say, hey, do you want a digital layout with this for X amount? And some people do, or do you want plumbing services or do you want tear out or, or a tile backsplash if that's what people offer? But I think it's just when you do different, you know, if you only do retail and I meet guys that only do retail, they're already dialed into this. They realize that they're trying to get every sale, maybe it's one job a day, Maybe it's two jobs a day, but they're trying to maximize every single sale. Um, Aaron Crowley's business that that he had was focused on that, and he really hit on all those things really well. And I think um, 
But when you do a lot of different channels, you know, one minute you're doing a builder, another minute your apartment, and then you got a retail homeowner walking in your showroom, you got to slow it down and change the process and not give things away and really sell the value of your services. And, and that's tricky. It's not always easy. Well, and you get tired, right? Yeah, I, I mean, let's face it, we're all human. So if you're going through the process again and again and again, it's really easy to to speed up and miss steps because you're so used to it. But, you, you know, just really remembering that that homeowner is not. And I think that's where we come full circle with this conversation around the, the uh, you know, the illusion of a free sink, right? It, it's right. all part of that. The customer is going to buy a sink anyway. So don't give it away. Yeah. And I, you're right, Nancy. I think it's a good point. I've been doing countertops, like you said, for, for too long or a long time, but um, I'm a terrible salesperson. I mean, I, I'm the worst salesperson. The, the, anybody in our showroom or works in our showroom doesn't want me anywhere near the customer. And it doesn't be, mean that I don't know a lot about countertops, but I want to speed that up because it's, I'm not, I'm not looking for that two hours that the salesperson or showroom is willing to spend with that couple. You know, I want to get this thing done in 15 minutes, get them out the door. I got another project going. I got to move. Um, so I'm a terrible salesperson. And so if you're if you're a business owner and you're trying to multitask and you've got fires to fight and you're helping a person in the showroom or you're doing these, it's really hard. Like you almost need like a little checklist that just just slow it down. I'm going into this mode. I'm going to I'm going to put my feet up for a little while. We're going to spend all the time that this couple wants, you know, whatever silly questions you've answered a thousand times before, you're going to go through it like it was the very first time they asked you that question. And, um, and just slow it down and maximize the revenue for each single transaction. And, and then you don't have to sell as many transactions either. That's the nice thing. So it's genius. I will argue the fact that you don't believe you're a good salesperson. I think that you just do the job a little differently. Well, so we'll call you an alternative salesperson um, because <laughs> oh, I have goodness. I have been on the other side of that fence uh, just a little bit, and I would I wouldn't agree with that for a second. I do think you have a way different strategy, uh, whether that is realized or not. <laughs> <laughs> but that speed up and hurry or slow down and wait, um, you know, you definitely are the master of, of that timing um, to get to get the attention. But that said, well, I think it, I think in the process, though, um, that's what Jeffrey's program does is really digitizes that magic checklist. But, you know, if you don't if you don't have the digital version, just like everything else, there is a good old fashioned checklist to be had. And yeah. so. You know, it's just really defining that and creating that and setting that um, that habit really is is what it's about consistency so. Um, thank you, Mr mass, this has been you're welcome, thank you amazing. and don't don't forget free is a four letter word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know fabricators <laughs> fabricators don't you know shouldn't be using four letter words there it's right like Bush says so. <laughs> Only only on the shop floor, Nancy. Only on the shop floor. Okay, well, <laughs> Never I'm, in the not, I'm not out there, as you know, very often. So, uh, so the the odds are not strong that I'll catch you. So yeah, you'll 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 find plenty of four letter words on the shop floor, just not in the showroom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, so. thanks for joining me today. And hey, if you're not a member of ISPA and you're interested in becoming one, check out our website at www.ispanow.org. Also, uh, whether or not you're a member. Our magazine, Countertops and Architectural Surfaces, is a great place to learn a lot of stuff. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? 
Yeah, I would. I have been a member of ISPA since I got into this industry, and I love it. So, you know, if you don't have friends uh, in this industry and peers that you can talk to, it gets pretty, uh, pretty hard and pretty lonely pretty fast. So, uh, ISPA is one way to get a bunch of friends and a bunch of people that you can share ideas and stuff. So, I would definitely encourage it. Well, thanks again, Steve, for all your support. Thanks for listening. To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.